Welcome to Disciple Her, a part of the Replicate Podcast Network, where we will hear from discipleship trailblazers, Candy Gallaty and Julie Woodruff. With over 50 years of combined experience in discipling women, we'll discuss how we can equip leaders through discipleship. Here are your hosts, Candy and Julie. Welcome back to another episode of Disciple Her Podcast. I'm Julie Woodruff. I'm here with Candy Gallaty. How are you today? I am good, Julie. How are yeah, you? I'm doing well. We're excited about this topic today because we're going to be talking about how to care for your family. We're going to be looking at our relationships with our husbands and our relationships with our children because we know that um, there are unique differences maybe when you're in ministry that that others don't deal with. So today we want to talk about it because we believe that it's really important uh, that we we think through these things. And so we're going to talk about um, how to care for your relationship with your husband. Candy, start us off with that. Yeah, well, this is such a just a sweet topic to even talk about and something that I know is always a work in progress at our house, because that relationship and what is needed from both parties in that relationship is going to change over time and throughout seasons of life and seasons of ministry. So it's going to look different, but there are a lot of um, common denominators that are kind of always there. And I would say, first and foremost, as a minister's wife, being able to pray is such a huge asset to yes. your relationship. It's huge also, obviously, in ministry alone, just the the fact that we can pray about and go to the throne about what is taking place in, in ministries, but to be able to go to the throne on behalf of your husband is a privilege. Yes, it is. And I can remember the night Robbie and I met, and this was, I mean, literally the night we met he was preaching, so he was already in ministry, and he was traveling around in itinerant ministry and preaching revivals and um, events, and I was a believer, had been called to ministry, but was serving in my local church, and we had a mutual friend. She was like, okay, you need to, y'all need to meet, and we were both a little resistant about that, but I think we just didn't want to get in the way of what God maybe yeah. was doing in our lives at that time, and I know I was tired of dating guys who claimed to be Christians, but it was more that they were being Christian for me and not mm -hmm. truly themselves. And I was just done with that. And so I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And she's like, no, you really need to meet this guy. So we went to hear him preach. And that night we got there a little bit early and he came up to, to me and the friend that had introduced us and we were just chit-chatting. And he's like, well, I'm going in the back to pray for the event. Do y'all want to go? And I was like, sure, I'll pray, you know? And he was like, what? Like, this girl's going to pray, you know? And so he was just trying to be nice, I think. And I was like, <laughs> I took him up on the offer. Yeah, I'll go pray. And so we went back into like this little side classroom. And there were he had a friend with him as well. And the four of us sat in that circle. And we went around and we prayed. And, you know, at the time, I'm praying for a preacher who's about to deliver the word into a group of students that were going to receive it. Yeah. Never in a million years knowing I was praying for the first time over my future husband, wow. you know? And so now looking back, that's a very special moment because I would spend the rest of my life, mm -hmm. as long as the Lord allows me to, to pray for him and over him, you know, yeah. as my husband and as a preacher of the word. And so prayer to me is a very, very special thing. Yeah. And being able to incorporate that on a daily basis 
may be something, the, one of the most crucial things that you can do in caring for your relationship with your spouse. I so agree with that, Candy. It, it, that's the most important thing we can ever do. And we don't know the battles that are going on in the heavenlies, but when we're uh, on yeah. our knees in prayer, um, God uses those prayers. And so praying is so important. Another thing I think that's important is communication. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I've gotten this wrong probably more than I've gotten it right. Yeah. <laughs> but I've learned some things along the way. And, you know, I, I think um, for our husbands, especially those who are, are speaking, preaching every week, you know, knowing when uh, to talk, when to bring things up, because I don't know about you, but Mondays probably aren't the best days to do that. Have That's you ever right. found that to be true? Yes, 100%. <laughs> so knowing when to talk and and uh, kind of knowing your husband enough to know this may not be a, a good time um, for to talk or bring something up with him mm-hmm. uh, is, is very important because communication in any marriage mm-hmm. is critical. Yes. And all studies show that that is a struggle between most couples. Would Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I believe, I believe there's an art to this actually, you mm-hmm. know, like there, there's kind of, there's obviously the right timing. There's the right tone of your voice, mm-hmm. and then there's um, the right temperament that you have. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things come into play whenever you are addressing something with your husband and communicating with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so you 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 live and you learn as far as is this the right time or is this the wrong time? Yeah. And the way you learn that is really by screwing it up, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you make you make mistakes and. And then, and I'll be honest with you, even though sometimes you know this is probably not the right time, if I, if you're like me and you live in your flesh at moments and you just don't really care about the timing, you Never just want to say it, what Never. you want to say, right? <laughs> yes, I've been there. I mean, even this morning in our own house that, you know, Robbie's dealing with something today and, um, and he just, he said a little something that didn't sit well with me. And I was just like, and it had nothing to do with me, but it just didn't sit well with me. And I thought, you know, I should probably not say anything until later today, but I just couldn't help myself and just kind of sent that text like, Hey, we need to think about this, you know, but, and, you know, and he has still not responded yet. So I think it didn't sit well with him. So the timing and the, uh, the tone of my text, if he could, he could probably, you know, sense, and it just, this might not have been the best moment. So that might've been a fail on my part. However, really truthfully, there is, there is a way to balance this. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times I do try when I know that something is looming over his head, I really try to hold back whatever it is I think I might need to say Mm to him. Um, And, you know, I just think it's something that we can be wise with. Mm -hmm. Not there. It's not that we shouldn't be honest Mm -hmm. and it's not that we shouldn't communicate our heart. It's just that we need to be delicate about when we do that, because there is a lot of pressure on our husbands. Mm -hmm. And when we know that they come home exhausted on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not the best time to really hash things out with them about whatever it may be. There may be another time that works really well to be able to have hard conversations, honest conversations. And so a lot of the times I know I will want to do something and have that conversation so bad, but inside I'm thinking this, this just not the time, time you know, I need to, I need to wait. And then, 
you could even make a list if you need to, mm-hmm. but if you wait and then it dissipates or it's not something you needed to talk to him about in the first place, then maybe that conversation never needed to take place. Yeah. And if it needs to take place, the Lord will bring it back to your remembrance yeah. at the right time. Yeah, you know, we obviously are one with our husbands, and and yet uh, the pastoring of a church is, is a whole new level of uh, responsibility and stresses that we may not know the depth of all that. I, I'm reminded of that passage in Second Corinthians 11 where Paul talks about all the things he had been through and mm-hmm. suffering for yes, Jesus. Yes, And he talks about being uh, beaten and, and lashes. He had taken 40 so lashes good. and stoned and shipwrecked. And then he just adds to that list. But then he says this. He says, not to mention other things, there is the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. Sid has always maintained that that the pressure of all the churches was worse yes. than all of the other things that he listed out because there's just stress that no one understands no, That's right. unless you're there as the leader of a church. And so right. even as wives, we don't get all of that no. all the time. So being sensitive to them in those times is critical. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but having access to your husband's calendar and kind of knowing what is expected of him during that day and what he's going to be facing is huge. And I think an area of being able to care for him Mm -hmm. because it, it prompts you for prayer. It, it really helps you to know is, when he comes home later today, mm, is this a good time or a bad time mm-hmm. to maybe have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that could just shed some light on that. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I totally agree, and I love that verse that you shared. It's like a mic drop moment for people in ministry because the daily pressure is hard to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think as a wife, we do get to see it up close and personal, but we still don't fully bear the weight of it and, yeah. and truly understand at the end of the day what that pressure is like. We can kind of only get to a certain point of it because mm-hmm. we're not them. We're not mm-hmm. him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's just always should be in our minds, you know, for us to be sensitive to that and look and pray for the right time yeah. to be able to have conversations that you might need to have and just being respectful of what he's carrying every single day. Um, not to say that you're not carrying, right. yeah. you completely are, and you're carrying the the stress and the pressures of life and in ministry um, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's a, it's a delicate balance mm-hmm. and it's kind of an art to figuring out the timing and when, and where and how all of that works and fits together. Yeah, so good. And and just knowing your husband and knowing those rhythms in, in your life. Let's take a break for just a minute. We'll be right back. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. 
And we're back. And Candy, we've been talking about our husbands and how to care for our relationship with our husbands. We're going to get to our kids in just a minute. But before we do, uh, one of the things I want us to talk about just briefly is just the, the way we process stress because sometimes we process it differently than our husbands mm-hmm. do. Matter of fact, somebody said one time that it takes 15 w- minutes for a woman to process something where it takes her husband seven to eight hours to process it. That's a, we're talking about a big gap here. That's a big gap here. That is exactly right. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've seen that yes. take place. So knowing that kind of helps us, um, you know, have y'all struggled with that? Yeah. And, and I think that this is part of the beauty of creation and how we are created so uniquely and differently mm-hmm. as male and female. And so I think what, what does stress us out and how we balance that is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be okay with that and give permission for that. Because I know sometimes like something that would completely never stress me out sends Robbie through the roof. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, why yeah. are you acting that way? And it, instead of like, oh, well, he's he may have a different reaction to it because the way he handles stress, processes it, is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is kind of a funny example, but if I if I have a meeting that runs long and I'm not able to get out in time to get the boys, pick them up from school or, mm-hmm. or something of that nature, pick them up after a sporting event, and I, because I normally do that, and I ask Robbie to do that, it's like I've just pulled the rug right out from under him. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's like you can see I have just caused him anxiety yeah. because he, I've asked him to do something that's not like not typical, right? And it has stressed him out. And even though that's kind of a small example, if you go back throughout your day and you think about the way you and your husband process stress and how it is going to be completely different, it it starts to make a lot of sense, and you start to see okay, they they may freak out about this. Whereas you would never, but it's because you process and handle stress differently, yeah. and that's okay, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that is huge to understand that it takes a woman fifteen to twenty minutes to process something, whereas it might take a man, you know, seven to eight hours. Yeah. And so the tip would be, anything you need, yeah, make a little pivot here, and anything that you might need your husband to help you with, tell him that before he goes to bed at night, <laughs> and so then he's good. got a whole eight hours worth of sleep he can process, hopefully in his subconscious. But um, but no, all that to say, it's just we have to be great. We have to give each other grace yes. when yes. it comes to that processing the stress and mm-hmm. of life and just what and what happens on a normal everyday basis. And and I think and that's a good thing to understand that and um, to respect the way each other might process and handle that stress. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. I do. You know, I, I think um, one thing that we haven't mentioned, but that is probably important to ment- mention, is that we need to set up some boundaries yes. um, with our husband and uh, and when it comes to the opposite sex, mm-hmm. because uh, we know that we there's an enemy out there that is real and yeah. that wants to upend and wants to divide uh, our marriage. And, and that we almost walk around with, and we may have said this before, but with a bullseye on us, sure. you know, for, for the enemy. So when it comes to some of those boundaries, some of the things that, that we set up early on was that, you know, Sid didn't ride in the car with opposite sex by That's himself. Right. Um, that if ever. He, ever. Ever. It doesn't matter who it was. That's right. We just didn't do it. That's fact, good. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we have that as a rule on our staff, you right. know, that, that we do not ride in, in, by ourselves with opposite sex. Um, another one is counseling, yeah. you know, that 
he never counseled mm-hmm. in, in a room by himself. Either the door was open or there was a window, um, or, or his secretary, you know, knew that uh, that that she was right outside the door. Right, so, right. Um, just being smart yes. and why why is this a serpent's innocence as it does? I was just about to say us. you say that scripture all the time, yes. and it is so true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so setting up those boundaries are, are very important. What else um, as we close out kind of this time with our caring for our husbands? Yeah, I mean, one thing um, we haven't talked about is intimacy. Uh, yeah, And that is um, obviously that's a personal topic. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to go into great detail on this. But I will say intimacy is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And Julie, you may have some things to add here, but, um, you know, I'm a pretty transparent person, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to just kind of lay it out there for you a little bit. But something that has been personally helpful to me, and it depends on, again, season of life, and this is going to be different. But when I had small kids, smaller than what they are now, and they're 10 and 12 now, but when I'm talking about baby and toddler being intimate was not necessarily on the forefront of my mind because <laughs> really? I was exhausted, yes. right? I'm just trying to catch up yeah. with my sleep and like be somewhat of a good mom during yeah. the day, right? And so you you learn over the years what works and what doesn't work. And one thing that was extremely helpful to me was not to wait to be intimate with my husband when I was going to sleep at night. Mm. Because when I was when I lay down my head at night, I am done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so tired. I've I've been working hard all day, doing whatever I need to do, and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And it was not very um it, pleasurable necessarily all the time for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be in a place where I'm enjoying that with mm-hmm. my husband, right? And and that we're fulfilling each other's needs and desires yeah. as, as we each have. And so that might be something that helps you, but if you're if you're in that stage where you have super small kids and you lay down at night and you are completely done, you may need to have a time of intimacy before bedtime, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether that's um, afternoon time. Say, yeah, say you could. Yeah, we call it afternoon delight. <laughs> uh, you could you could have it in the afternoon. Okay, you could do. I mean, I don't know what works for you, and this is this is a private discussion. Yeah. But you could. I mean, morning time, afternoon time, lunch time, whatever works for you. But it may not be nighttime. You know, right. I mean, Julie, you could speak into this. I mean, as your kids grow and you don't feel like you're functioning, and you know, you you're functioning better, you have more freedom at night. That may change, yeah. but you have to find what works for you so that you're each meeting each other's needs and. Um, enjoying that yeah and i think the important thing is figure it out because it's important yes. and, and so it's good. important for for both of us for sure um and so just do it figure yeah. it out <laughs> Not just that. do it anyway yeah there you go. okay we're gonna move on now yes See, I'm yes getting a yes nervous. um so we're gonna talk about uh, kids and raising kids in the pastoral ministry because a lot of eyes are on us as families. That's right. Um, especially when our, we're in ministry and everybody knows who our kids are. And sometimes that puts some expectations and some pressure on them that they um, don't deserve. Um, they don't even like it sometimes. Right. You know? And so um, what are some ways to help our kids walk through those times yours are yours are still in process mine are grown now right it's it's a challenge yeah i do i I do find it it is always a challenge and it's ever-changing right and your your kiddos 
depending on their personality and the maybe issues that they each or all struggle and deal with um, is going to shape how we have these conversations and how we parent them and, and shepherd them through this. And I would say, you know, for mine, there's always those ongoing conversations where I am trying to alleviate any pressure or expectation that they put on themselves because of who they are, because their daddy is the pastor. And so, you know, I shouldn't act like this or I shouldn't do this. And yes, that may be true, but it's not true only because you're a pastor's child. It's true because you're a Christian and you follow Jesus. And so it's, it's trying to constantly direct them that their choices, um, although they may reflect on us, they're really truly reflective of Jesus Christ and what right. Jesus is doing in their life. And I think that's important to continuously point them back to that mm-hmm. and not have them, you know, have this um, cloud over their head. Well, I'm a pastor's kid, so therefore I can or can't do this or that. Right. Right. What would you say to that? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And, and, um, I think that's hugely important mm-hmm. because, you know, even different sized churches react different ways to yeah. to kids and they feel more pressure, I think, um, in, in different circumstances. But I love what you said about you don't do this because you're a pastor's kid. You do it because yeah. of your relationship with Christ. And right. We always tried, our, our heart's desire and our prayer was that our children would grow up to love the church, you yeah. know, because we knew that there were... Um, expectations there and and yet um we did not want them to fall prey to um undue expectations and those sorts of things so we tried to uh, and and we didn't succeed every single time you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and and every child is different and you've got to know their bent and and you've got to help them along um and and you know what? Not always are we going to succeed. There are going right. to be times, and they're and our kids are going to disappoint us, and they're going to do things that embarrass us. They're going to oh, do yeah. things, you know, that oh, that yeah. um, that we struggle with. And yet, knowing that their home is a place that they can come to, it's a mm-hmm. haven Amen. where they know that they're going to so be good. loved unconditionally, where they know that they're going to be supported, where that they, they know that we may be disappointed, mm-hmm. but. But we will never not love them, that's you right. know, in that situation. And so I think uh, that's critical. Yes, that's so good. And I think, you know, alongside of alleviating maybe expectations that are kind of placed there or that they put on themselves or that sometimes we might even put on them, you know, from being in pastoral ministry. I think there's also I know in my in my family and my kiddo dynamic, um, sometimes entitlement that comes into into play. Mm -hmm. And I have one that's kind of quiet and maybe more on the shy side. And then I have one who is very vocal. And that's when we have to worry about, right? (laughs) And he, you know, there are times where he, like he has said to people before, do you know who my daddy is? And I'm like, don't you ever say that. Like, it doesn't matter who your daddy is, right? Um, And I'm like, no, honey, we don't, we're not, you're not entitled to anything because of who your daddy is. Um, And so there's there's always correction and parenting Mm -hmm. and redirection that takes place with our kids. And I think we're always safe if we're pointing them back to Jesus and not who their daddy is or what the Mm -hmm. position is and, um, you know, modeling for them that well, Mm -hmm. um, I think is something that we can do. And and two, I think it's important that 
who they see at church is the same person they see at home mm-hmm. as parents. So you know what I'm saying? Good, Julie. Because um, if if we're not living it out, if we're not walking the talk, yeah. then that is so going to turn them off. And, and you know, they're going to have a, a bad taste in their mouth of what it looks like. Yeah, here my parents are claiming this here, but they're not living it at home. And so I think that's, right. that's critical. So good. That's so good. Um and I would say, obviously, we've mentioned this when it comes to relationships with our husband, but prayer, you know, like mm-hmm. prayer um, on on going to the Lord on behalf of our kids. And, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is our advocate. You know, he's our counselor. And, you know, when I hear the word like advocate, I think about how I advocate for my kids, you yeah. know, and, and I have to do that. You know, I have one that has some special challenges, so... I am the advocate for him at school yes. and for him in church settings or whatever the case may be. I am going before him and um, and and paving that way and trying to, to to do what I can as his mom and as his advocate. But I'm thinking we have we need to have that same mentality as we go um, before the Lord for yeah. our kids, you know, and and just um, and really, you know, just giving them to the Lord. Obviously they're they're already his, but really laying that before and and going to the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit for that wisdom and that guidance on how we lead and shepherd mm-hmm. our kids in a very unique dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I would say kind of lastly as we're talking about um just pastoral ministry in general with our family and with our husbands is one thing I think we have to always remember is to not be looking for affirmation always in each other or other people, mm-hmm. but really and truly um, letting the Lord affirm who we are mm-hmm. in Him. And because I think we can get caught up in the roles and the and and somewhat take on those as our identity, even though that's not who we are mm-hmm. in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's a role that we may have and, and it's a role that our kids may have. But just being wise and not seeking for affirmation from everybody else and seeking it from God. That's so good. Um, and so just something to think about as we are closing out this conversation. And obviously there's so much more that we mm-hmm. could talk about in these two areas. And we have some other podcasts that we've recorded where we make mention of some of these things. So make sure you take a listen mm-hmm. to those different episodes and um, hopefully you'll find some encouragement in there. Yeah, Julie, anything else before we close? I think that's it all right well we look forward to talking to you soon on another episode of disciple her see you later thanks for joining us for this episode take a second to subscribe and share this podcast you can receive free resources to help you make disciples in your group home or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org 